This is Manny De La Cruz, and I just want to thank you for listening to this podcast. In our last episode, we talked about categorizing the different type of star questions, right? And, and, and the big message that was part of that conversation was you being able to support your answers based on actual experiences that you've had. This is the way uh, you actually add value or show the value of your, uh, of your story by actually supporting it with answers, right? I mean, supporting it with experiences, okay? So if I didn't clarify it in the last one, very rarely are you gonna get any kind of question that say, what would you do in this information? If I was to ask you, what would you do? That's really uh, a, a hypothetical question, right? And you would be really gathering from your experiences and kind of freely talking about something that you might do, but it doesn't necessarily reflect a, a, a specific behavior or habit like I called it in the last one. So today, though, I want to talk about uh, what about if you've never had any type of technical experience? What if you've only worked? What if uh, you only have retail experience or uh, service industry experience or or something other than research or other internships to talk about that's what we're going to discuss today the main key here is going to be your ability to talk about those jobs in terms of skills Okay, so even for the folks that have a traditional like internship or research story, they also have to talk about skills, except the the one leg up that they have maybe is that they're able to uh, talk about work that a recruiter might be able to directly relate to. Right. The other person on the other side of the table might be whether they're in business, a lawyer, a doctor, whatever, an engineer, right? And they're out looking for entry-level candidates. Chances are that they themselves have gone through certain experiences, uh, maybe have a more traditional story. Uh, So your job is to try and make the work that you have be uh, relatable to them. And the way you're going to do that, it's not going to be through the technical avenue. It's going to be by talking about your work in terms of uh, skills, so here's an example, right? So in my past, uh, I, I'll I'll tell you I didn't uh, were I didn't have an internship uh, or research the first time that I got my very first internship, but I did work with a mentor with a, a recruiter to 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 do what I'm about to talk to what I'm talking about here in this episode, which was to change the narrative to, to be about skills. So I'll give you an example. One job that I used to have is I waited tables. So I worked as a, as a waiter for a very long time before I went back to school. Uh, that was a job that I that I liked. Uh, I, I was good at it. I was able to make uh, good tips and always had cash in my pocket. So it was a, a job that I kept. And so one version is, you know, tell me about yourself, right? If someone was asking me that, I could just say, hey, I waited tables. But the truth was that uh, in any job that I had, I always ended up as a as a lead or as a trainer. So th- um, that was part of my narrative, right? So, hey, I used to, I waited tables at Texas Landing Cattle. Uh, I started off just uh, uh, normal without any experience. I worked up to where I was a head waiter. And as a head waiter, I was in charge of uh, and tasked with uh, training new employees to come in. 
I would use a company provided material to uh, educate them. Uh, some it was a steakhouse, so being able to sell steaks and understand the different cuts of meat and and what makes a good steak and, and the differences in the different types of fish and pairing with wine that was all stuff that uh, isn't necessarily uh, known by everybody, but it is teachable. So I would use company provided material to kind of. Uh, show folks how to do it and then we would I would train them uh, typically it would take about a week right where they would shadow me for a little bit and then the last uh, on the tail end of the week I would shadow them and constantly be providing feedback on what they were doing uh, on my own I, I, I knew that uh, being able to wait tables and to be successful in it I had to make a quick relationship with the table I had to not only uh, understand and be able to read the situation right so if somebody was there on, on a lunch shift and they were in business suits chances are they want to get in and get out so my uh service approach would be to to provide good service but also understand that they probably had to be somewhere immediately uh, alternatively if i had you know if it was a weekend and i had a family and they were there with kids well i needed to uh make sure that i was accommodating they were probably going to want to have a, a slower service and so a lot of this uh, being able to read the tables and read the situations understand the the personalities that i was dealing with was uh, was a skill that i developed in that time and in order to be successful i had to do all that and and maximize my tip and i really maybe had about an hour to do it and so how does that translate to the workplace well, if 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 you're if you're listening and, and you and you heard about the skills there, I really kind of highlighted how waiting tables can set you up to be an effective communicator, to have situational awareness. Uh, if you do get into higher levels of responsibility, then you can talk about that and it talks and it shows that you are one to progress. You have the ability to start from the bottom and work your way up. Uh, all this, a very long-winded way of me saying that there's a difference between saying, hey, yeah, I wait tables part-time while I'm going to school versus, hey, I waited tables, and as a result, I have these certain skills. Another source of my narrative back uh, when I was interviewing was my student involvement in uh, Mayas, uh, which is very similar to SHIP or Nesby or SWE, right? It's one of these resource groups while you're going to college. And instead of, uh, of just saying, yeah, you know, I'm a member of SHIP as a, or Mayas as a small one bullet line on my resume, I highlighted the, the progression and the positions that I had. So my student involvement story goes like this. I started off as the guy that would come in for, you know, the the meetings and the free pizza. And I started to uh, uh, get to know people that were similar to me, that were pursuing the same kind of goal. I eventually became the president of the San Antonio College uh, Mayas chapter. And in the first uh, year that I was there, we were able to take some 26 people to our national convention, a huge number for a community college. Uh, that took a lot of planning and, and efforts with the team. Eventually, I ran for national office and I was able to get, uh, I was one of three uh, students that were actual members of the board of directors for Mayas and we we had voting rights and being exposed to that level of, uh, of responsibility exposed me to how uh, other professionals worked. Now, the board was made up mostly 
of either at you know current uh, engineers in in Fortune 500 companies as well as some retired executives, and so I really got the chance to learn from them how exactly business is conducted in a boardroom, how to plan the events for an entire year for a national organization that had student chapters across the country. I got as a student representative, I was uh, in charge with keeping tabs on the different chapters in my region and understanding what uh, their difficulties were and being the bridge between them and the national resources for participation in national events or our leadership conferences that we had. And within that experience, uh, there was plenty of conflict uh, 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 growth that happened, right? Those meetings don't always go smoothly. Those of you that are involved know uh, so it was the great a great source of uh, of experiences where I was able to highlight how I dealt with a conflict resolution. So again, this wasn't an internship. This wasn't uh, a a research, but it was it was work. Being a student leader in an organization is is hard work, and and if you're doing uh, if you're doing it correctly, and you're there looking to develop yourself and to grow, and then to be able to talk about your experience in terms of skills, that's the way you're going to really benefit from getting involved in a student organization, right? If you're doing it to hey, it looks good on a resume, you're not going to get the mileage, but done correctly, it can be as strong as saying hey, I was an intern for three months at you know at this engineering firm because you're able to translate the experience into skills. The key is going to be talking about your work in terms of skills. Look, I can't stress it enough. Your uh, mentors and help from someone who's been there is crucial in order to be able to do this successfully. Please reach out as always. Uh, I'm available uh, to to answer your questions. You can leave them as comments or leave me a, a voice message on this podcast. Uh, you can send me an email, contact me through LinkedIn, whichever way you want, uh, or reach out to mentors that you have and have this specific a conversation of, hey, how do I take my current experience and talk about it in terms of skills? Now, if you're in a job right now and you find yourself like, man, like all I really do is stock T-shirts or all I really do is make burgers, then you need to start asking yourself and at talking to the managers there about how you can maybe get involved with higher levels of responsibility with the goal in mind of, of being able to talk about that job in uh, terms of skills. Again, thanks for listening. Please share. Please ask uh, any questions that you may have.